Welcome to another edition of Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network. With our Wednesday crew, we put the W in Wednesday. Zach Bodenstein with Dave Penyota in somewhere nicer than where we are. And DB Dennis Bernstein. Dave, what's going on here? I mean, this isn't your normal setup, is it? No, no, I'm not home. Cat's out of the bag. I'm, I'm down in Fort Lauderdale. I uh, got here this morning just doing some last-minute all-star festivities, prepping and planning uh, for all-star weekend in, in a few weeks. So we normally, at the fourth period, we normally do some uh, some fun fun activities over all-star weekend. Uh, we're just putting the finishing touches and fine-tuning a few things. So I figured I'd come out here, get that out of the way. I'm meeting Dennis in Dallas later on on Friday. We got our, our Sirius XM NHL Network radio show that we're going to do before the Stars-Flames game on Saturday. So I figured, you know what, good, a good opportunity to get out of the cold, come out here, lock a few things in for All-Star, make you guys a little jealous. Enjoy the time before DB gets there, because that's when everything kind of goes sideways, right? <laughs> it, yeah, usually. Usually, yeah, that's the case. It escalates. Uh, I don't yes. know. It, it escalates. It definitely <laughs> escalates. Definitely. A lot of stuff yeah. escalates. Like my yes. Twitter account escalates. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we're at the halfway mark of the season right now, which means that our picks will have more merit than Carlos Correa's physicals, because like now things matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll today. All kinds of tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but now we're you know we're at a significant part of the season at this point, so it's fair to evaluate. We've got the trade deadline coming up in a couple months as well. So there's lots to talk about here, uh, including the Vancouver Canucks. That's where I want to start because they're just a beautiful mess right now, Dave. I mean, not only are they losing games, they're losing them in crazy ways, and they've got these expiring contracts in Bo Horvat, Andre Kuzmenko. What do you make of the Canucks? What do you see for them going forward as we head to this trade deadline? I can't figure it out. I mean, seven minutes into a game, you're up 3 nothing. Usually, teams hold on to that. They, they kind of hold things down. I mean, it was 5-3 after 40 minutes for Pittsburgh. Yeah, okay, Vancouver got one more in the third, but I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out this team. They get on a high, and then something goes wrong and it just totally bursts their bubble. It pops the air out of the tires, whatever other analogy you want to use. They just can't figure it out. They can't get it together, guys. And, and for this team, with the talent that's there, they should be in a better position. I mean, you're hearing everything from the Horvat stuff to what's going on with Brock Besser. Connor Garland's name continues to be out there, so on and so on. Kuzmenko, he's a UFA at the end of the season, so they got to figure out what they want to do with him. And this team could look a lot different in two months' time from now. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how they not only navigate now, but the summer as well. Because, guys, there are some people that, and I know he's injured right now, but Thatcher Demko has a lot of question marks around mm -hmm. him within that organization. Um, I mean, that might be a topic that gets escalated in, in the summer for the Canucks. It's an overall mess. I mean, but... Positives, Bo Horvat's having a hell of a year. He's a lock for goals at least once a week. Uh, Elias Patterson has been tearing it up and being the player that the Canucks had hoped for. So there are some positives there from at least our perspective with, with you know, trying to pick guys on the right nights. Uh, but just the team in general, just stay off it. Well, but the re it's really easy to figure out. All the guys you mentioned play that side of the ice. Yeah. And then there's yeah. this side yeah. of the ice. And yep. if your defense is bad and your goaltending is injured or mediocre, 
this is what happens. You give up seven goals. This team was a bad defensive. You know, they they played good defense when the goalie was great, not when they played right. good defense. They never have. <laughs> and so when you hear about Provorov or Ekholm or Les Chicken, a solid defender, that's what this team needs. Um, so that that's – it's no mystery. When you watch it and you watch the defensive play, and Dave and I have talked about the coach. Zach, you know, this is like we're halfway through the season. Nobody's been fired. Off a game like that, that's when you usually fire the coach, right? Because this has not been a one-off when you're giving up seven goals. It's a really poor structured team right now. And I like Bruce, and I've done Series XM with him, but it's just not happening. And whatever happened last season, it's not happening this season. And, and, and guys, Bruce won't be back next year. I think it's, I don't think anybody knows that that's a secret or not. Like, he's not going to be back next year. It's just a matter of internally, do they make the change now or do they yeah. wait till the summer? They're not in the race. They keep screwing up games like they did last night. A new coach isn't going to come in here and, and all of a sudden this team's going to be a 750 team. It, it's just not going to happen. Not with the changes that they want to make and how they want to change this roster moving forward. So, there's not enough There'll time. Changes. There's only like you. You're gonna come in a game yeah, for the season. Put in a new system, and it's gonna work. Like how's that gonna work? Like it's it's not gonna yeah. work. So you're not I, going thirty and ten. Why that moving? Yeah, you're not. I mean, it happened once with Bruce before. You ain't gonna be that lucky twice in a row. If we head a little bit south on of the border in that region, we're talking about a totally different team right now. None of us believed in the Seattle crack, and I know that for a fact. Well, Dave did. Not really. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> we've been going against them all year. <laughs> yeah. But what they're doing right now, guys, is crazy. So they've won six straight games. They've scored yeah. four more goals in all six of those games. Matty Beneers goals in five straight. Vince Dunn is killing it too. Eight points over the last four games. And they're plus 22 diff uh, goal differential DB. Best in the Pacific Division right now. Are they for real? How realistic is it that they make the playoffs, finish ahead of teams like Edmonton, Calgary? What's your takeaway at this point? Again, halfway mark of the season for the Kraken. Yeah, I said two weeks ago that this part of their schedule will be the pivotal schedule. And then they, they got bombed by the Oilers at home. And I said, okay, the next game I think was against the Islanders. And then they had seven out of eight on the road. And the home game was Tampa. I'm like, this defines their season. If they're really, truly legit. They'll play well in this stretch. And what have they done? You mentioned it. They won five. They've gone on the road. Dave saw them and. I think they sold eight the night yep. that they beat the Leafs because yeah, he was really yeah. impressed by Texas. So what do you think about this team? They're a factor in the race. They should be in. I mean, you look at somebody, they're playing better than Calgary and Edmonton and Nashville and St. Louis. So right now, yeah, they're a limited team. They're, they're, they're finding offense. And the goaltending isn't great. And then people talk about Martin Jones and look at his record. His, not, his stats aren't great, but they're scoring yeah. opportunistic goals. And teams, I assume, are still – taking them a little lightly, but it shouldn't be anymore. This is a legit team that absolutely could be in the top eight in the Pacific. It might be in the top three. I mean, like this team, we could see, I mean, unless, because Evander Kane's going to be coming back later this month for Edmonton, and that might help jolt them a little bit. They'll eventually make a, an ad on defense. Um, so that's going to be an interesting kind of part of the equation in the Pacific. Yeah, I'm in top eight in the West, not the Pacific. They're, they're going to yeah. be better than, than – San Jose and <laughs> Right. Yes. Yeah. That confirmed. Um, but yeah, you're right. Look, that game against Toronto, it was convincing because it was an all out top to bottom yeah. execution. They were getting contributions from everybody on that roster. It is a very full fledged roster. And we're hearing, and, and you know, we reported this last month that if they stayed in the race, Ron Francis was going to look to add to his team to help his chances for the postseason. 
And what what are we hearing in the last week? Bohorvat's name is, is, is being whispered. Uh, we're hearing other guys that now Seattle is kind of, you know, kind of leaning towards. Are they going to go in that direction? Are they looking at guys with term? Are they going to go in the big rental market? Like they've got pieces that they can move in either, in either, um, whichever side they go in. So like this team, again, contributions up and down the lineup. And if you're looking at guys from an individual perspective, Matty Berniers keeps contributing. Andre Burakovsky keeps contributing. Dennis mentioned Vince Dunn. Or, or that, like you guys mentioned Vince Dunn earlier. Yeah. And from a defensive side of things, he, he keeps going. It's like they are getting contributions up and down, and you cannot overlook this team. I did it all season. The first half of the season, I was just waiting for the bottom to fall out. And and Jared McKenzie like pasted 35, 35 goals to Jared McKenzie. Now, here's the thing. Right. I'll tell you the key. I'll give you the key to the West right now. To the whole the, This team, other teams making moves, Colorado. If yep. Colorado's not going to get healthy and play like this, then it, 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 let's say they're not the same team they were last season. Then give me the favor coming out of the way. Like th- then if I'm LA, if I'm Seattle, I'm taking big swings. If I'm at yep. the deadline and Colorado's still like this, and maybe they won't because the guys will come back. If you're ever going to take a big swing, if you're one of these teams, like maybe Vegas is a favorite, but I watched Vegas last Saturday. They weren't any good. Logan yep. Thompson wasn't great. Got pulled. Like this would be the, the year or the season. If you're a Western conference team to take a big swing, because it can make the difference of Colorado. And again, last night you look at them again, and you know nobody worries about them. But then nobody took Seattle seriously. So at what point do you worry about Colorado's action? I think that's the key in the trade market. I think some teams might say, "Hey, one ad, we we could get to a Cup final out of the West." And you know what? And just quickly on Colorado, they've got some space and some wiggle room and a willingness to make those moves. That's why they keep getting connected to 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 Bo Horvat. Speaking of Seattle. Um, Kevin Hayes, look at that as another possibility. If Philly retains a chunk of his salary, Colorado could jump into that Kevin Hayes market. Yeah, it's not exactly a fit with him and Torres, is it? So uh, we'll see if, if Kevin Hayes is on the move. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we figure Colorado, you know, when they get healthy, if Landis Cog is ever back, that they're going to figure it out. But at the end of the day, they have to win some games. The team we were talking about last week that is the team to watch in the West right now is the Dallas Stars. And most importantly, Jake Ottinger, because, you know, he he was limited in terms of the games played department last year. He only kind of came up and took over at around the halfway point, maybe a bit earlier than the halfway point. But this year, he could be making a run for the Vezina at this point. So he stole the game on Long Island yesterday. Connor Hollibut gave up six goals in Detroit. So that kind of brought them pretty close. Now he's only 0.1 behind him in the uh, save percentage department. And I think his Vezinods are like plus a thousand at this point, which is fourth best, tied with Andre Vasilevsky. DB, you were talking about the Dallas Stars last week. You're pretty high on them. Is is Otter a guy that you're looking at? Uh, and I know you have a vote uh, for the Vezinod. Is Otter a guy you're going to consider on your ballot at this point? Well, I don't have a vote because the GMs vote for him, but we can vote oh, okay. for Otter. So. The Vezinod, yeah. Um, he yeah, gets to do exactly all the, the fancy thing. stuff like like. Uh, I get I get to do the hard and. Uh, yeah. The Calder and the, and the Lady Bing. But here's the thing, Zach. I get it. He's playing well. He, and you're right. He won last night. Great in the shootout. Big stops in the third period against the Islanders. When a goalie is 22-1-1, he's winning the Vezina. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Jake, Jake could probably have a 970 goal save percentage this season, Zach. And if Olmark's going to be sub two with, you know, yep. and wind up 42-3-1, <laughs> He's winning the Vesna. It's ridiculous. Like all the and and he's probably 
the only Bruin that's going to win an award. That's how great the Bruins are playing. Usually, okay, look, Connor's going to win the heart. Like, that's without saying. But yep. almost the only guy that's playing, like, out of this world to, to win a, a, a trophy. So I, I think it's Omar. So unless he gets injured or he goes on a terrible losing streak. But with that team, I don't see it happening. Everybody else is playing for second place, I think, in the business. But Jake Ottinger is a central part of this team. They can score goals. They're better defensively. Um, a team first year under Pete DeBoer always responds. But, you know, it might be – Jake might get a free na- trip to Nashville as a finalist for the Vesna, but it's really Linus Allmarks to lose. Yeah, but if you're – if I mean, look, if you're the Dallas Stars, you're looking at this and going, well, we've got a Vesna caliber goaltender here, and the confidence yeah. just kind of excels through, and, and, and expands throughout the lineup with how well – um, you know, Robertson has been playing and, and with the depth that this, this team has, we'll see them on Saturday against Calgary where we're going to that. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to see the depth. We talked about the depth of Seattle. Well now, and for so long, Dallas has been looking for extra depth. They finally have that depth within the stars organization. And I mentioned Robertson, you have hints. Jamie Ben's got a resurgence season. Tyler Sagan is back in action. You've got a lot of different pieces, Joe Pavelski and so on and so on and so on. They want to add. This is another team that wants to add. Yeah. If, if, if Evander Kane's willing to move, I believe Dallas is one of the places he would consider going to. So whether they add him or a, a top six caliber winger, this is good. This is a team that wants to add. We, talk, you, we, we just mentioned the opportunity to pounce in the West. This might be Dallas's opportunity right now to take that leap and to take, that, um, to take those extra steps. But with the way they're playing, with the depth that they've got, it's a, it's a dangerous team. And, and they won without hints last night in New York. So that that's yep. a, that was a big victory because they won despite him not being in the lineup. Yeah, exactly. No Robe hints yesterday. Um, so let's get into tonight's games. And we've got four of them. So we're actually going to talk about all four. Let's just uh, squeeze that in in our time limit here. The odds brought to you by BetStamp, which shows you the odds from every sports book in one spot. You can always get the best value when you bet. Check out BetStamp.app today or download the BetStamp app on Android or iPhone. Let's start with a game that Dave is ditching. He could have gone. He chose not to. So, Dave, you're going against the Leafs tonight. Nashville at Toronto. So why? Yeah, I, I just like the way – Like again, Toronto is a decent – you know, they play decently at home, but they never play well. They never, I mean, there's a few games where they really excel because things just kind of go their way. And then all of a sudden, yeah. other games, it just doesn't happen for them. So even though I'm not there and maybe I'm the jinx, um, I think the way that Nashville has been playing lately, they've got a little extra jump in their step. They've got a little extra motivation overall. Um, and and uh, with that in mind and with how UC Saros has been playing lately, I think it's going to give Toronto a bit of a, a bit of a struggle. I'm not sure exactly – you know, how they're going to end up responding, the, the Leafs will, to Nashville. But I'm taking the Predators tonight on the money line. And you mentioned Saros, who's on an incredible run. Remember that, what, the 65 save performance he had against Carolina? And because of that, I like the under in this game, under six and a half at uh, plus 100. I, I think that the, the Leafs – and they've mentioned it. Now, I always text Dave, and Dave's always bored at the Leafs games because it's usually, you know, really – Not exciting. Except for maybe the St. Louis game. Like that yeah. 65 that game was – we talked yeah, about that was, but it's an anomaly. They, they play a little event hockey in, in, in at home games, and, and because of that, I don't think it comes close to six and a half. It's probably a, a three-one score tonight. Uh, don't like a win in this one, but I certainly think it's going to go over under the six and a half total. Just some numbers for you if you are looking at this game. Nashville's won four in a row, five of the last six. We talked about Saros Yossi nine points in the last nine games. 
On the flip side, Toronto's won two straight after two straight losses. No points in three straight games for Nylander. Figure he might be due in this one, even though the other big guys for Toronto are getting it done. So uh, look to William Nylander because I feel like he's due. Uh, second game that we'll talk about is the Caps at Philly. Of course, Washington, the favorite in this one. The Caps getting a little bit healthier. In the absence of John Carlson, Dave, Eric Gustafson having pretty much a better season than John Carlson was ever having at any point of the year. He's got 15 points in his last 11 games, while Philly's won five of the last six. Travis Konechny having a great year. Samuel Erson as well, the goaltender who was uh, brilliant on the West Coast on their West Coast road trip. And, you know, besides the first game that he started, which was a six-goal effort against Carolina, he's been really good. His overall save percentage is 924. So with that said, does Philly have a chance? Do you not have a winner in this one? What are you looking at, Dave? I, I, it should be like this is a this is a, a should be W for the Washington Capitals, and because it's a should, even though Philly's been playing better, and they've got a little extra motivation as well with all the trade rumors. We mentioned Kevin Hayes, Ivan Provorov, and so on. Um, I, I don't trust them. I don't trust Philly more so than I don't trust Washington. I don't trust Philly because some nights they look really good, and some nights they just crap out. And the Capitals because this is a, a should win for them, I don't want to fall into a trap. So I'm staying off all that. I'm just going with the potential obvious of an Ovechkin anytime goal. So I, I'm going to go the easy the easy way out in this one, DB, and just go with an Ovi goal tonight. Well, you went way out on a limb on that one, Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> big risky bet there. Yeah. Okay. Hedging. I, I, I waited half a season to pick the Flyers. And this wow. is the game. This is the game. See? I think I'm going to get one. Torts, Hazy, TK, you're getting one shot. This is it. Flyers puck line, minus 165 tonight. Wow. That might be your boldest bet of the year. And it I love it. It's got to be. I love it. I absolutely love it. You have another bet that I love, but we'll get to that after. I but <laughs> Wow. I, I love the Flyers bet. It, it's a total trap game, and we'll see how that one goes with Philly at home. Uh, third game is one on the West Coast. DB, I assume you will be there. It's the Sharks and the Kings. Uh, Phoenix probably 11-2 and two this season. San Jose played last night. They won at Arizona. So a quick little trip over to L.A. But how do you see this one playing out? Do the Kings keep it rolling? Do the Sharks steal back-to-back games on the road? How is this one going to go, DB? Yeah, again, the, look who the Kings just played. They played Dallas. They beat them. They were 2-2 against Boston in the third Last Thursday, and and the way Boston's playing, Zach, two two in the third is actually a win yeah. against the Bruins this season. <laughs> and then they went in and they they beat Edmonton again. Like so, what is it? And now behind that, they've got another big game against, against New Jersey on Saturday. So you say, okay, this is a trap game, and it is except for one reason. They already had their trap game ten days ago on New Year's Eve against the Flyers at home. Yeah, and that was a trap game. They lost it. They're not going to get trapped those, twice. They're playing really confident. They can score. Go- yeah, they, they they can score goals. Phoenix Copley's running an incredible story here in Los Angeles. I like the Kings on the puck line. I think they take care of business. This team can win the division. You know, And, again, we talk about big swings. I talked to Rob Blake on, on Saturday before the game in Vegas, and, you know, he, he kind of hinted that, yeah, this is the time of year the teams start falling out of the race and you know who's available. He didn't say that we're not, we're not going to make a move for a lefty. This is a team – I'm telling you, they should take a big swing as well. Go get the Provorov, the Ekholm. If you want to dollop and get Chikrin, I know there's a question with respect to chemistry because you're going to have to take a roster player off there probably um, to make that trade. 
but I like the Kings to not on the puck line. They'll take care of business. If this was in San Jose, Zach, I'd be, I'd be scared of making that bet. But here at home, and again, getting trapped last week by Philly, I think this is a pretty, pretty convincing win for the Kings tonight. Plus 134 on the puck line. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I was just going to take the Kings straight up on the money line um, in, in, in this one because I was, I'm a little bit worried of that trap situation, but you make a great point. They did. They fell right into it with Philly, which is what I'm worried about with Washington tonight. So um, I'm going to stick with, because that's what I was originally going to go with. So I'm going to stick with the Kings on the money line, but I don't see any issues there uh, with that one uh, on, on your NDB. I think LA takes it. I, I think it's going to be a solid one and they got to build that momentum up too. You can't just play great against the good teams. You got to play great yeah. across the board. Um, so this is going to be a bit of a test for them to make sure that they stay on track and don't fall off a little bit, even though it's a, a lesser opponent. Um, but I'm confident that LA is coming out with a W tonight, so I'll keep them on the funny line. You know why they lost that game against the Flyers, though, right? Because Phoenix Copley was not in net. It was Jonathan Quick. So that you're, you're, and and Quick may yeah. play tonight. So I assume he's going to play like every third <laughs> game. So, but it's a, it's yeah. a ten, and that's the whole dynamic. And he's the key. I don't want to go on too long about the Kings Act. He's the key to the second half with respect to the goaltending because you have to trust him to be a capable number two because you have yep. Cal Peterson in Ontario. And if you do plan to bring him back, let's say faulty, uh, Copley falters. And you can't – if you don't have Jonathan Quick playing great every th- – or good every third game and Cal comes up and does the same act he did when he was here before when he got waived, then you're in trouble. Like So it, it, he's a really – he has to get going because Phoenix Copley can't play 40 more games and go to the playoffs. He, he's they got to be able to rely on the, on this goaltender for 10 games at least uh, to play good enough to, to make some saves and win games on a team that's playing very well in front of him. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, he gets fired up to play against the Sharks. Those rivalries go back years since, you know, his rookie years. So uh, we'll see if, if Quick gets the net tonight uh, at Crypto against the Sharks. Last game is the Oilers minus 225 at a team that we talk about every single week. It's the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Trevor Zegras might not play tonight, which could factor into how this game goes. Of course, he's one of the staple guys on the Ducks. Oilers have won four of the last five. Oh, sorry, they've lost four of the last five. They've lost four of the last five. Uh, they've only scored more than three once in those games. And Trevor Zegras, we said questionable, but Mason McTavish is on a bit of a roll here. Six points, ten shots in his last three games played. Jack Campbell in net for the Oilers. Dave, we'll go back to you for this one. Do the Oilers get back on track? Is this another trap game where the Ducks kind of catch them in a slump? What's going to happen here? They can't afford it to be a trap game, Zach. They, they need this team to, to get on track. They need going here and then. And this is a great opportunity. This is an, this is an opportunity, opportunistic part of the schedule for them, excuse me, um, for them to not fall into that and to get on top. And if they can get on top and play a sound game, play a full, full 60 minutes, whatever the cliches you want to use, um, they need that tonight, even though it's against the Anaheim Ducks last in the Pacific. So uh, I, I think they come out on top um, in this one. I'm even taking the over goal and a half in the third period in this one between the Oilers and Ducks. Uh, I think this is going to be a statement game for Edmonton in terms of in-house. In-house statement, get back on track. We got this, boys. Let's pepper them and come out with a W. I think that's what happens. No, the Oilers are a different team without Evander Kane. But when I watched them on Monday here in Los Angeles, they looked like a, a special teams one-trick pony. Yeah. And five on five, and it, I, and they were 0 for 6 on the power play, which was shocking uh, against L.A., which says, like, you know, one of the worst in the league at this point. So 
I agree with David's statement game, but I'm not sure about this team. I'm really not. They could miss the playoffs. They really could. Um, they'll be a different team with Evander Kane when he comes back, for so sure, because he gives them toughness, scoring out the net. But they just look so one-dimensional. One um, I think the over in this game pops. Uh, yeah, the Ducks don't have Zegers, but if you watch the Bruins walk in there and beat them 7-1, on at some point the Oilers have to – and they did it once at home against Seattle. And then they went on the road and they didn't do anything. They lost this game. They just – they don't – I'm really – if I'm a Oilers fan, I'm really scared. But over six and a half tonight, uh, minus 116 is the uh, price on it. We'll see if one team can hit the over by themselves in Anaheim. Like uh, on – what was it, Sunday when the, the Bruins went in there? They just scored yep. seven. And, you, you know, touch an extra point. DB had this joke a couple weeks ago, and I like it because it's 100% true that – they, they wait for one in every 10 games to have this magnificent John Gibson performance where, you know, he puts on a show, he shows yeah. everybody what he is, and then and they win the game. But then, you know, they don't shelter him well enough, and he, he'll give up his five, six goals a game. And it's not necessarily his fault, but that's just how it goes with the Anaheim Ducks. You feel like the Oilers are due for a big coming out party, you know, where they score five, six, seven goals. That could be today. So uh, we'll see. That's the Oilers and the Ducks. Uh, DB, let's recap your props and best bets because you've yeah. got one prop that had us, you know, pretty excited when, when you mentioned it this morning. <laughs> I held it. I held it. I held it in advance until now. Okay, so my picks are Kings on the puck line tonight, uh, Ducks Oilers over six and a half, uh, National Toronto under six and a half, Flyers on the puck line. That's a special. It's a special delivery. My prop bet is Quinton Byfield has not scored in 14 games, but he's getting – uh, time on the, on the line with Kopitar and Kempe. He's getting power play time. I think tonight, tonight, Quentin Byfield, anytime goal, plus 255 against the Sharks. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking uh, L.A. in that game. I'm taking them, as I said, on the money line. I'm taking Nashville on the money line over Toronto. Uh, I've got the over goal and a half in the third period in the Edmonton and Anaheim game. I've got Ovechkin with an anytime goal, and I'm jumping on another one in L.A. I'm taking Byfield's linemate, Ange Kopitar, who just popped in his 1,100th point uh, of his career. I'm going with him uh, on uh, for an anytime goal, excuse me. So maybe maybe Byfield gets in close, and then he just kind of tips it home. I don't really <laughs> care. I just think 11 is going to pop one in tonight. So I'm going adding on an, uh, an anytime goal for Kopi. Well, at least you had a little bit more risk than keep picking Kevin Fiala for an anytime point. So good for you, I guess. <laughs> I'm waiting for that pick. Uh, mix it. Hey, what do, what do we talk about? Bet smart, boys. You got to bet smart. Right. So I'm I'm rolling with that one tonight. I'm keeping it simple, but keeping it smart. Yeah, and we always talk about sprinkling it across the board, so you can't go too heavy on one guy, Dave. Um, Kobe's been playing better, so I like that pick. I'm going to stick with uh, two guys in two West Coast games. So Kevin Fiala over two and a half shots seems like free money, literally. I mean, he he never goes under this mark. Last time he did, I think, was six games ago. Uh, it's also the Sharks. They give up a lot of shots. I, I feel like, you know, the way Fiala's playing, DB, you can attest yeah. to this. Like Great he's time. Another, yeah. He is – he's playing the best hockey of, the, of his season right now. And then you know, we know what he did last year, but it looks like he's finally getting his feet wet now in L.A., so uh, I love Fiala tonight. I also like Zach Hyman for an anytime goal. I've hit on anytime goals and props, I guess, for shots two weeks in a row. I'm going to stick with it here. Uh, Hyman for the anytime goal. His shots per game in the last three are five, nine, and eight. Again, it's the Anaheim Ducks. I think John Gibson had his performance like four games ago or something. So. <laughs> 
So that's that's what I'm going in terms of the props. Uh, I just I, I'm with you guys straight up kings on the money line minus two hundred. Uh, I don't see how San Jose comes in playing last night winning this one again. We'll see who's in net for LA. Maybe the line shifts by then. But if you can lock in minus mm-hmm. two hundred now, I feel like that's a pretty good one. So uh, that's the kings and the sharks. And didn't didn't Dave hit some crazy parlay last I got, week? I I got it on. I, I doubled up. I had I had Kaprizov and Point scoring in the same game. Yes, and at plus yes. at plus plus four hundred, they both scored. This guy was happy. <laughs> that was unreal. As you, you you can see it here on the big screen, what Dave just cashed in on. Like that was that was that was crazy, and that was a pretty good game too, where Tampa didn't really show up, but uh, he did get the point goal. So that's really impressive. I, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm hitting these decent ones throughout the week. Um, I, I got shut out in the last game. I can't remember what game was after that one. I got nothing in it. But when you hit that and you're hitting plus 400 and whatnot. Oh, I think it was I'll, Caulfield. I'll Wasn't it Caulfield? I'm off the Caulfield trade. Every time I go for him for an anytime goal, he doesn't score. I laid off him because I actually forgot to throw money down on him, and he ended up scoring his 20th. So now talk to me when he gets close to 30. I'll change <laughs> my mind then. <laughs> You figure it'll happen with, with Cole Caulfield, so he's getting hot. Um, that is Edgework here on the Wednesday. We will let Dave enjoy his trip. DB will be out to join him tomorrow. So, guys, enjoy. Have a great time. Uh, you guys will crush it out there. And enjoy the beautiful weather, Dave. DB is more used to it, I guess. <laughs> so uh, yes, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk tonight. Let's make sure that, you know, all these bets hit as they've been hitting. We're on an absolute roll, like I said, putting the W in Wednesday. So, Let's keep it going, guys. And to everybody watching and listening, thank you so much. We will have a new crew tomorrow to bring you the best bets and win you some more money. So thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.